0: Well, hey, everybody. Uh, several years ago, when I was a campus minister here at Mississippi State, uh, there was a student that got involved in the ministry, and um, uh, we became good friends, and he was um, uh, a host of a sports talk show on MSU-TV. And so so whenever we'd hang out, we would often talk about his uh, sports talk show, and we would also talk about fantasy football. And for those of you who might not know what fantasy football is, uh, a quick quick idea of what it is, it's uh, you get to make a league out of a bunch of friends, and you draft a bunch of players from the NFL, and they accumulate points every week, and you go head-to-head, and you have a winner at the end of the year, and all that. It's a lot of fun. I was really into it. And So, so anyway, uh, so we were talking about this uh, with this student who does this sports talk show, and they were going to have a segment coming up on fantasy football. And so he asked if I would come uh, and be on the show, as a fantasy football expert, which made complete sense. So I said yes without hesitation. And so uh, I'm super excited about going to this, because I, I listen to sports talk show podcasts, I watch the shows. I, that, that's kind of the world I, uh, am, am, I enjoy that. I, I like that kind of stuff. Um, and and I've watched enough and listened enough to to know that when you're on these shows, you're not looking for, you know, kind of a, a balanced, thoughtful response or a nuanced opinion. Um, you, you, you want to be, you want to come in strong. You want to have bold opinions and disagree. And so that's what I was wanting to do. I was wanting to come in, bold opinions, disagree, kind of cause a stir and, and all that. So I was really excited about going in and being on this show. So the, the, the day comes, we are there, we're in the studio and the way it was set up the, there was two hosts and they were kind of talking and they made it look to where I was kind of coming in like, like via satellite, but it was just a curtain between me and and the guys. And uh, and I had my own camera, and they had their own camera, and all that. And so they did a little introduction, and then they said, you know, now we're gonna uh, we bringing in our fantasy football expert, Kevin Shoemaker, and it, and it comes to me, and I'm I'm about to you know lay in with my bold opinions, and uh, but but I only get out like a couple words, and the producer in the back says stop, and so everything kind of shuts down, and I hear some talking going on in the back, and then she comes and speaks. Uh, to the host for a little bit. And then she then she comes over to me, and she has a question. And it's a question I wasn't quite sure how to answer. She said, they said you were an expert, and I'm, so I'm just wondering what your credentials are. If we're going to introduce you as an expert, what are the credentials that make you an expert? I was like, Well, I um, had some buddies, and we played, and I won a championship one year. She was like, that's not... Quite enough, we're looking for a little bit more, and then I was like well i, I guess i'm I'm more of a self proclaimed expert, and she said well, that's not really good enough and so they ended up just introducing me when we kind of you know did it over again. They just introduced me as a friend of so and so's and I came on and i and I gave my opinion and so so this idea that that I was a self proclaimed expert didn't really hold much 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 water. And, and when, I, when I tried to say I was an expert because I was better than some of my friends, that, that didn't carry any weight either. And, and this is a little bit of the problem that Paul is experiencing in 2 Corinthians 10 and 11. He's dealing with these false teachers. Now, now Paul does have credentials. He, he was handpicked by Jesus himself. He was affirmed by the apostles. So Paul's good. But these false teachers in Corinth not so much. And, and the way they kind of give their credentials is by comparing themselves to each other. And so, and so as we look at, at chapters 10 through 12, we're going to see Paul interacting with these false teachers. And, and there's a word that comes up a lot uh, in, in chapters 10 through 12, and it's this. It's boast or boasting. Uh, it comes up over 20 times in chapters 10 through 12. And, and Paul's really making a point about boasting. And the false teachers tend to boast in themselves while Paul boasts in the Lord. And, and that, that leads him to say what he says at the end of chapter 11 that leads into to the more famous uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 where it talks about, Paul talks about um, uh, being uh, made strong in his weakness. And in chapter 11 verse 20 he says this, If I must boast, I will boast of my weakness. He's kind of contrasting himself to these false teachers who are boasting in themselves. So, so today, what I want to consider, uh, I want to consider the boast of the false teachers, and I want to consider the the boast that Paul gave. And, and as we do that, I want to consider um, uh, boasting ourselves versus boasting in the Lord. So, so first, let's talk a little bit about boasting in ourselves. So, like I said. Paul's having a problem with these false teachers. They're, they're trying to discredit Paul's ministry. In verse 10, it says that his, the, the false teachers say about Paul, his bodily presence is weak and his speech is of no account. They are saying he doesn't really have the it factor. When, when he walks into a room, he doesn't, he doesn't automatically take over just to, just to see him. He doesn't have that commanding presence. And, and the false teachers maybe have a little bit more of that it factor. Maybe they're, they're more impressive looking. Maybe they're, they're, they're better speakers, better communicators, maybe more liked by people around Corinth. But listen to what Paul says in verse 12. He says this, "...not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding." Paul is saying the way they are measuring themselves is not good. They're just comparing themselves to each other. And and probably things like who has the better presence when they're communicating and who's the better uh, orator, who's the better communicator. And Paul is just not operating on that grid at all. This isn't how he was validated. This isn't how he thinks. Paul doesn't care what any of them think. He doesn't even care what he thinks. You know, he was he was uh, writing about something like this in First Corinthians, chapter four, verse three. When he says this, he says, "But with me, it's a very small thing that I should be judged by you or any human court." He says, "I don't even judge myself." And so Paul understood that that the reason his words had weight wasn't because he had this great credential or he he's done these great things in his life. It was only because the Lord, had valid- the Lord had chosen him to speak through him. So Paul was validated by Christ and Christ alone. And the false teachers are attempting to validate themselves through comparing themselves with each other. And that is why Paul says they are without understanding. And we are without understanding when we operate that way, when we compare ourselves to one another. And, and look, this is a little bit of our default setting as human beings. This is just what we do. We are constantly um, uh, see ourselves in relation to other people and where we are on, on the ladder or on the scale. And, and this probably happened to all of us maybe the first time we had a crush, and that person we had a crush on like someone else. And at that moment, we guess well, I guess they're better than me. Or maybe it was with sports. You go out and you realize that you're not the the top athlete and other people are better and throughout life with work and social things and family and all these kinds of things we we can operate in this way where we're measuring ourselves against other people. And it's the tendency of human nature to try to validate ourselves and to do so through looking at other people and figuring out where we stand on the scale. And, And we all have strengths and weaknesses and what we tend to do in this, as we're trying to evaluate and compare ourselves what we tend to do is we inflate our strengths and we minimize others' weaknesses. And, 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 and then we'll turn it around uh, for, for others. Like, so, so we'll take our, our strengths, which we think are very important to other people's weaknesses, or we take our weaknesses and think, they're, well, they're less important. Then we flip it for other people. Like their strengths, well, that's not very important. It's not, it's not as honorable as my strength. And their weakness maybe is more pronounced. Like that's all you see in these people. And, and this is what the false teachers are doing with Paul. You know, forget all that Paul was doing throughout, throughout the world at this time and, and forget that he was uh, appointed by Christ and affirmed by the apostles. They're saying, you know, his bodily presence isn't that great. His speech isn't what I, I, I think it should be. I mean, they're just honing in on this weakness that Paul has. And, and I think we do the same in, in the church world today. You know, a lot of times small churches and big churches can kind of go at each other. Small churches might say that, that big churches just care about numbers and they're shallow. And sometimes big churches can say small churches like, oh, they're just worried about their little holy huddle. They're not worried about reaching out or um, they're just trying to you know, maintain the status quo in their, their culture. Uh, sometimes you have people who are more service oriented and, and other people who are maybe more theologically oriented. And they can kind of exalt themselves over others. They're, they're doing more service than others. And they might look down on people who don't serve the way they do. And aren't we you know redeemed for good works? And then the, the people who are more theologically oriented might look down on others who don't quite have the, the right biblical ideas on, on certain topics or ideas that are important. And they just think, well, man, if you're, you're, you're wrong on, on these things, you're going to be wrong on a lot of things. And, and so we just have this tendency to take whatever our strength is and exalt it and, and, and kind of put others down with it. But we're not aiming to put others down as much as to maybe lift ourselves up a little bit more. But, but look, as Paul said, when we do this, we are without understanding. And if you want to live a miserable life, then go all in on comparing yourself. Don't resist the temptation. In every room, think about where you stand in relation to everyone else in as many different categories as you can. That is a great way to be miserable. And look, I think we're either fighting this or we're just, eating, just getting eaten up by it. If, 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 you, if you're not aware of this temptation or if you haven't gotten over this temptation over the years, then you might be so eaten up with it that it's just so natural. It's like breathing air. You just don't even think about it. It's just how you operate. But look, if you want to be happy, then you don't want to focus on validating yourself through others by by comparing yourself with others. If you want to be happy, you need to, to, to shift that focus away from yourself and onto the Lord. Which brings me to my second point, boasting in the Lord. So in verse 13, Paul says that he will not boast beyond his limits, meaning that he will not boast beyond what God has done. God has assigned Paul to reach the Corinthians, and he has assigned others' work as well. And Paul's boast has a focus, and it isn't him or his works, which is, he's doing a lot of things. But his boast is this, it's in verse 17, look at it. In verse 17, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And this is similar to what Paul's already said in Galatians chapter 6, verse 14, when he says, But far be it from me to boast in anything except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Far be it from me to boast in anything but the cross. So while the false teachers are comparing themselves to one another, trying to validate themselves, Or to put it another way, while the false teachers are boasting about themselves, Paul determined to make his only boast to be in the Lord. And look, I think this is one of the evidences of of true conversion. You know, people can say the sinner's prayer and not truly be converted. People can grow up in church and, and not be truly converted. People can be baptized and go to church and not be truly converted. But it takes a new heart, a new regenerated heart by the power of the Holy Spirit to transform a person, to move their boast away from themselves and comparing themselves to boasting only in the Lord. Look, re- remaining sin will always pull us to boast in ourselves and compare ourselves. But the work of the Holy Spirit gives us this new taste, this new desire to boast and to glory in the Lord. We, we aren't made to make a name for ourselves. We aren't made to commend ourselves. We aren't made to boast in ourselves. We are made to boast in the Lord. The, the Westminster Catechism uh, asks the question, what is the chief end of man? And, and the answer is that the chief end of man is to, to glorify God and enjoy him Forever, In other words, the chief in the man is to boast in the Lord and to love doing it. And and look, if anyone could have boasted in themselves, it would have been Paul, right? He's this great missionary and teacher. But what does he say in verse 13? Look at verse 13. But we will not boast beyond limits, but will boast only with regard to the area of influence God assigned to us to reach even you. So what he's saying here is that he's only done what God has assigned him. He's simply responding to the assignment that God gave. And that is what we should all be aiming for, is to simply fulfill the assignment that God has given us. And here's what's tough. is often the assignment God gives us is not for us to be a big deal. The problem that we have is that we're more interested in being a big deal, being better than others, or being validated by others, that we lose sight of being faithful. We'd rather be a big deal than be faithful. I want to do something great for God. I'm less interested in being a loving husband. Or maybe others, uh, maybe some women, they want to do, you want to do great things for God less interested in being a submissive wife. I want to do great things for God, less interested in honoring my parents. I want to do great things for God, less interested in being a faithful employee. Who, who, who When my, my boss or supervisor gives me a task, then he knows it's going to be done. It's going to be done well and faithfully. I'm, I, I want to do something great for God. I'm less interested in being faithfully and faithfully investing in my kids with quantity and quality time, teaching them the scriptures. We tend to despise the small things, and we kind of lust after the big things that, that, that make us somebody, that give us a name. But he who is faithful with little will be faithful with much. We need to be less worried and less imaginative about doing great things, and become really, really good at the small things. Because most of what God is assigning us is, is pretty small. It's, pretty, it's the mundane, everyday type of stuff. It's the kind of small things that no one will notice, that, that, won't, that won't make your name great or known. But they are God's clear assignments, And that is why we need to make a real effort to reorient our hearts and our minds to to move away from boasting in ourselves and and comparing ourselves in order to validate ourselves to boasting only in the Lord, to to seeing all things as coming from him and through him and for him and to see ourselves as simply servants of his will, whether anyone sees it, Or appreciates it or respects it or or, or not. And look, there there is no joy in commending ourselves or boasting in ourselves. Through comparing ourselves, we're, we're gonna make ourselves miserable. But there is joy in commending God, in boasting in the Lord. And the only true medicine to removing our fixation off of ourselves, off of boasting on, on, in ourselves by comparing ourselves and trying to validate ourselves through others, the only medicine for that is boasting in the Lord. One of the most amazing sites I've, I've ever seen uh, is in Utah. It's in a, 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 a Canyonlands Park, and it's, it's near uh, Arches National Park, if, if you're familiar with that, that area and those sites. And and to me, I, when we went there, uh, missing out with there several years ago before kids, and, um, and we camped out there, and and when when we came to some of these sites, it just seemed like we were on another planet. It was just a, a type of beauty and a type of sight that I'd never seen before. We went hiking, and I, I don't know if we were at the top of the mountain, if you can even call it a mountain, but but it was as far as the eye could see. It was these red rock formations, and the part of the the park we were at where it was called Needles, and so these. You know, really strange and beautiful and glorious, like stacked red rocks that kind of look like needles coming up. It, it just looked, it, it was beautiful. And It was a beautiful day. On, on top of that, these red rocks in contrast to a to a deep blue sky. And uh, and as we stopped there, we just kind of we just kind of took it in. And and you know what? As we took in this site, and it was, it was awesome in the truest sense of the word. It was all inspiring. And you know what I didn't think about in that moment when we were beholding the site? I'd never really seen before this beauty and this, this vast, because it was, it was as far, we had hiked somehow to where we couldn't see anything. I mean, there was no civilization in sight. It was just this beautiful red rock formation. And you know what I did not think in that moment as I was beholding that site? I didn't think, you know, maybe I should work out more, kind of get in better shape. I, I didn't think about how I was doing in life compared to others in my stage of life. I I wasn't very reflective about how I compare to others. And and, in a sense, obviously I wasn't in that moment because I was overtaken by something much more glorious. And and if anything, maybe in that moment, I I became smaller, but smaller in a a good way in proportion, right? I'm just beholding a, a beauty. And look, that's getting lost in the glory of something bigger than you, That's just better, right? I mean, don't we just know that intuitively, that that's better to get lost in something more glorious than ourselves? To not boast in yourself, to be truly humble, doesn't mean you have to have a particularly low view of yourself. You just have to think, oh, I'm just a terrible person, I'm awful, I'm a sinner, I'm just the the worst. That's not necessarily being humble, but, but being humble or not boasting in yourself means that you're just rightly oriented towards God. And in that, when you become rightly oriented towards God, you just kind of forget about yourself. It, it, it almost seems silly to, to attempt to boast in yourself. And w- would you rather stare at a mirror or a beautiful sunset? Of course, it's it's a beautiful sunset, right? But but the way we often operate we might prefer the mirror. And 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 what a shame that is when we lose the beauty and glory of a sunset for for, for a mirror, even us on our on our best day. But wouldn't you rather behold beauty and glory and get lost in that? than the tiresome work of managing how you compare with others in a a, a weak attempt to validate yourself? C.S. Lewis said this. He said, The real test of being in the presence of God is that you either forget about yourself altogether or you see yourself as a small, dirty object. But it's better to forget about yourself altogether. So do you struggle with wanting to be a big deal? Do you struggle... Comparing yourself to others? Do do you feel discouraged sometimes by how you compare with others? And and are you sometimes encouraged when other people aren't doing so good? Do you have a bit of a guilty pleasure you find kind of rising up when that type of gossip begins to happen? There's a sense of validation happening where I'm doing better than them. Look, if you struggle with that, if you struggle with comparison— the solution will never, ever be to work harder and become a bigger deal or to get better than these folks. That's only going to make it worse. There is no joy at the end of that road. But instead, if we lose ourselves to the glory of God who made all things and see ourselves not in relation to others, in in building an inferiority complex or superiority complex, which either way would be real annoying to people with either one of those complexes, right? But instead to see ourselves in relation to God and lose ourselves in boasting about the Lord, boasting in the cross, boasting in the works and wonder of his creation, all things from him, through him, and for him. And if we do that, if we see what, what God is doing and how he's making all things new, then I think we can embrace our smallness or weakness, as Paul will get into, in a way that's really freeing and joy-inducing. And so reject the thought, the temptation to compare yourself to others in an attempt to boast in yourself. And, and, and don't see the desire to boast in yourself as wrong. As much as just see it as silly. Imagine if you can, if we could hear maybe a conversation between two ants. And these two ants look about the same to us. But let's say we can kind of get inside their mind. And, and, and one of them's comparing themselves to the other. And we just don't see a difference between these two ants. They're just two ants. They seem the same to us. But one has exalted himself in comparison to the other. And the other ant has an inferiority complex to the other. We would just think, you're, you're still just a couple ants. You know, it's just silly. And so may God help us to see ourselves when we are boasting in ourselves by comparing ourselves. May we see it not as wrong as much as just silly. May we have our, see ourselves in relation to God more than relation to one another. We're made to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Let's not put ourselves in God's place there. And may it be our aim to glorify God And may we find deep joy and happiness in a life devoted to boasting in the Lord. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we see ourselves in relation to others, and we need you to wake us up to that, to bring us out of that oppression, and to see ourselves in relation to you, the God who created all things, uh, who made us, who redeemed us through the work of your son Jesus on the cross. And would you give us new eyes that we might take deep delight and joy in boasting only in you. And Jesus, it's in your name that we pray. Amen.